The following Art Trap production has been made possible in part by subscribers like you. This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com slash arttrap. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This podcast is also brought to you by the Sonic News Driver Podcast Companion app, available now for your iPhone or iPod Touch in the iTunes App Store for only $2.99. Drop the Sonic device. Isn't my day, is it? Even the Sonic screwdriver won't get me out of this one. What's that? It's a sonic screwdriver. Never fails. There we are. Neat, isn't it? This can function as a sonic blaster, a sonic cannon, and a triple and folded sonic disruptor. Doc, what you got? I've got a sonic... Uh... Oh, never mind. What? It's sonic. Okay, let's leave it at that. Disruptor, cannon, what? It's sonic. Totally sonic. I have sonic to hook. A sonic what? Screwdriver! And you got a Sonic News Driver, selected Doctor Who-related news stories delivered to you sonically for Earth Date, Saturday, the 16th of October, 2010. This is Louis Trapani, and we have a mammoth of a show for you today. So it may run a little longer than normal. It also includes a special guest as well. So without any further ado, let's get to some selected Doctor Who-related news. We start off with some breaking news from Gallifrey. No, 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 not that Gallifrey, but the annual convention in Los Angeles. Gallifrey 1, or in this case, Gallifrey 22. And here with us is Sean Lyon from Gallifrey 1 Conventions to talk to the Sonic News Driver and Doctor Who Podshock. Breaking news with me right now is Sean Lyon from the Gallifrey 1 Conventions, and he's here with some um, some late-breaking news concerning <laughs> an event that's just like four months away. Gallifrey 1, uh, actually it's Gallifrey 22, Islands of Mystery, right, Sean? Absolutely, and uh, yeah, it's kind of funny that we have to do this four months in advance, but uh, I appreciate you helping me get the word out. Absolutely. Well, here's the deal. Um, we just announced today that we've actually uh, officially sold out our hotel. Now, let me backtrack because it, it's a it's a bit more complicated than that. But basically, as many people know, the Gallifrey One Convention, which uh, will be going into its 22nd year in February, we for many many years were a fairly small convention, and over the last four years, we've actually doubled in size. And because of all of the interest, you know, we had 1,600 people this past year, just under 1,600. Mm-hmm. Because of all the interest that we've had, people have been reserving their hotel rooms earlier and earlier every year. And this year, um, unfortunately, they have simply run out of enough rooms at the discounted rate that we have, which was $100 per night. Mm-hmm. We have the added complication this year of the 2011 NBA All-Star Game that is the same weekend. Um, and all the hotels in Los Angeles are pretty full anyway. So the problem that we've had simply is that we've had to announce that the Marriott itself, which is the hotel that we're at, the Los Angeles Airport Marriott, has officially sold out of hotel rooms at the rate that we've been offering them. However, there are many options, starting with the Marriott itself. There are $150, about $149, I think, is the current going rate, which is a limited rate. There are hotels in the area that are actually somewhat cheaper than even the Marriott. Some of the discount chains like La Quinta and and uh, Holiday Inn Express and Super 8 and so forth that are that are actually quite quite inexpensive. 
what I'm doing here, um, you know, the support we get from Podchuck always every year is fantastic. And, and I really appreciate you letting me on here to let people know that we have plenty of opportunities and options for people to still come to the convention. The convention's not sold out by any stretch of the imagination. We have a ton of guests and we have a lot of interest um, in the convention this year. And we hope that people will come out and join us. And don't let, if you're coming from out of town, don't let the fact that we don't have any of the discount rooms at our hotel dissuade you. There's plenty of opportunities in the area. And if you go to our website, you can find out. Well, as you said, you still can get a discount rate with, it's not the convention discount rate, but it's still a discount rate for the hotel itself. I'm not sure how long it will last, but uh, there's a promotion or a deal if it's called uh, Park Here, Fly There. Right. Which, uh, if you go to the Marriott website, the main website, at least that's where I found it, and you punch in the information as far as what dates and where you want to you know, stay, it will come up with the Marriott. And if you choose that, and then there's um, an option there on the top for deals. And if you click on that, there's a deal called Park Here, Fly There. And that's only 149 right. a night, which is only $49 more than... <laughs> the I mean, when I say only, the regular right, rates absolutely. are two fifty a night, so it's still a hundred dollars less than the regular right rate, right? Absolutely, and you know, there's the Crown Plaza Hotel, which is we counted, it's actually less than a thousand feet from the door of the Marriott, and it's one hundred and thirty-two a night. The only deal is you have to actually pay in advance for that, but they do have the ability to cancel reservation at the mm-hmm. almost last minute. What we're trying to communicate with everybody is that there are plenty of options in the area. This is this is very new to us. Um, you know, a friend of mine actually posted on Twitter, probably no more than ten minutes ago, while recording this, that that these are long since past the days where we worried about making our commitment to the hotel. We're we're far above it. We've never had this much interest in Gallifrey, and and um, how we know that is that on October first of last year for the twenty uh, for the two thousand ten Gallifrey one, mm-hmm. we had about six hundred and fifteen pre registered members at the time, and we ended up with sixteen hundred. We're about 860 right now, which is a huge jump for us. Part of it are people that are registering Mm -hmm. early, and we have a lot of new people coming. So our convention... Well, I, I hate to say it's been getting away from us. It's it's been really growing exponentially, and and um, which you know I I think just because of word of mouth and of you know the news that's gotten out from people like um, you and uh, and Ken and James and the people at Podshock have been doing so much word of mouth for us. Well, and uh, of course, you all this trouble. We apologize. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We 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 love it. We appreciate it. And we we try to put on a, a terrific show. But but at the same time, you know, it's it's difficult for us. This is new territory for us being a, a larger convention than we've had to deal with in the past. Well, I mean, this took us by surprise. And I'll tell you, we have committee people on our convention committee that hadn't made their room reservations either because they don't think about it until, you know, a couple months well, before. Yeah. I, normally, you know, we've been going there now for the past, you know, several years. And we, I, I know myself, I usually start thinking about it, you know, come November or so, let's get the, get the airlines booked and the flights all arranged. And now right. you have to, you know, bring that up and bring, you know, start doing it much earlier now. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, we announced our guest lineup. Um, we actually had 10 guests confirmed by, I think it was the end of March of this year. So, I mean, we did everything happened really, really quickly this year. And I, it's just, I think the, the tremendous amount of energy that is in this convention that I've actually not seen in the 22 years that I've been doing this. This is the, the first time I've seen all the energy this early. You know, and it, it helps that we have, you know, Peter Davison, um, mm-hmm. the fifth doctor coming, Janet Fielding, Sarah Sutton and Matthew Waterhouse, you know, the the, 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 the trio of, of companions. Yeah. 
And then we have um, Tracy Simpson and Peter Bennett, who were the producers of the last season of Doctor Who and who themselves had been involved in these productions for quite a number of years. And, you know, John Leeson, um, Kyle and Tom Price from Torchwood. We just confirmed Sheridan Smith from Big Finish, the audios. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian McNeese, who is Winston Churchill. We've got Jane Espenson and Doris Egan, who are writers on the new seasons of Torchwood. And both of them, you know, if you're a, a science fiction television fan, you know who these ladies are. So, I mean, there's a ton of people coming. And I think it's just we had so many guests announced ahead of time that, you know, people were making a lot of plans early. And, you know, we just hit that critical mass a lot earlier than we thought we would. And at the same time, we don't want to frighten people off thinking that it's going to be an overcrowded convention. The the hotel is still spacious. There's still plenty of room there. And it's still a very friendly convention because it's been growing over the past few years and that it still maintained that warm intimate feeling which i enjoy I, I just last weekend i just came back from new york comic con and it's it's a great show but it's not you know it's a totally different experience you know <laughs> i heard there were ninety five thousand people yes which, that's small <laughs> you know we have standing at comic con which i think was 150 this year uh, 150 000 but no it's that's the thing number one is the convention won't be shoulder to shoulder we'll never do that we actually just got the entire ground floor of the convention center we've we've traditionally had about half to maybe that's three fantastic. of it yeah. And we have the entire convention center of the hotel. That's great. We have about 40, 45 people that work on this convention. We go out of our way to make sure that people have a good time. We're, we don't book people. You know, we're very, very low rates. It's still only $65 to register for the entire weekend right now until the end of November. Mm-hmm. We put we put that extra personal touch to make sure that, you know, people don't think that this is this is not a professional convention. This is not going to Comic-Con or something like that, that no matter how many people we have, it's still going to have that that hometown feeling. And, and I want to thank in large part, Podshock, who you guys have been responsible for something that we actually have kind of branded for our convention for the very first time this year. Um, we're actually officially calling it LobbyCon. It's the uh, the Thursday night <laughs> festivities that, that the three of you are sort of right in the middle of, which is basically two to 300 people taking over the lobby in the hotel bar um, yeah. on the Thursday night before the convention. It's almost an official part of the con now. It's great. It was a lot of fun last year. So yeah, we're looking forward to doing it again this time around. And again, we want to make sure that everyone's there and everyone has accommodations and uh, and not to be frightened off if if you can't get the group rate, you know, the original group rate, there's still plenty of other options available. I, you know, I, I didn't mind today as well. So, I, you know, get on board and get on, on you know, try to get that that rate that I, I spoke about, the park and fly, uh, fly, park here, fly there, whatever it's called, or uh, get another, ho- you know, like you said, the, there's a hotel right next door, which was um, a thousand feet away. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The Crown Plaza. There's, if you go to our website at gallifrey1.com, gallifreyone.com, you can see there's actually a list of hotels. We did research this morning on a variety of the websites like Expedia and Travelocity and so forth to, to find other rates for people. But I also want to reiterate, we are absolutely in no danger whatsoever of selling out the convention itself. There's not a prayer of that happening. Um, we, Like I said, we increased the size. We have a ballroom that seats about 1,300 people now, and we've usually sat about seven, 800 people. So, um, you know, because obviously no, not everybody comes to everything at the same time. So we, we have no danger of selling out. We have no danger of filling up. And that's really what we're trying to communicate is just because we've sold out this one rate, there's still hotel rooms, there's still plenty of memberships available, and we hope people will come and join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to, well, I'm looking forward to seeing you again, Sean. I'm looking forward to seeing everyone there, you know, and all the new people too. There's a lot of new people showing up. So it's, uh, you know, it, it's something that to look forward to. It's, it's like a, it's a holiday in itself. Absolutely. And we hope it will be for many years to come. So, but thank you so much again for your support. Thank you. And thank you for taking some time out to share the news with our listeners. 
Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Lewis. All right. So book your rooms now and make your plans for Gallifrey 22 in Los Angeles. It's taking place on February 18th, 19th, and 20th, 2011. Once again, Doctor Who Podshock will be recording a live show there on stage. And of course, the Sonic News Driver will be there as well. And many other events going on in and around the convention, which are not part of the regular programming. So it's an event that you don't want to miss. Uh, once again, we thank Sean Line for joining us and explaining the situation, the current situation with the hotel, to the listeners of the Sonic News Driver and Doctor Who Podshock. You know, people are coming from great distances to Gallifrey, some by plane, some by car, some even by TARDIS. Yes, I'm looking at you, Tara. But when traveling these long distances, a great way to keep you entertained and make the time fly by when not listening to podcasts like this one or Doctor Who Podshock or others are audiobooks. And Audible is the leading provider of digital audiobooks. They have over 75,000 titles to choose from, from every genre, be it thrillers, business, history, science fiction or fantasy, and more. Audible content is compatible with iPods, iPhones, iPads, MP3 players, over 500 devices for listening anytime, anywhere, just like this podcast. For you listeners of The Sonic News Driver, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial just to give you a chance to check out their service. To download your free audiobook today, simply go to audiblepodcast.com slash arttrap. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com slash arttrap, A-R-T-T-R-A-P, for your free audiobook. Some recent additions to the Doctor Who titles available at Audible include Doctor Who The Awakening, which is a classic fifth Doctor story that's Peter Davison as the fifth Doctor. Peter Davison will be appearing at Gallifrey 22. Other titles include Demon Quest 1 Relics of Time, which is a new fourth Doctor story, and two new 11th Doctor stories, The Forgotten Army and The Ring of Steel. So check them out once again to download your free audiobook today. Simply go to audiblepodcast.com slash arttrap. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com slash arttrap for your free audio book. Right, there's much more Doctor Who related news to cover, so let's get on with it. Talking about my regeneration. One of the most frequent questions we get on Doctor Who Podshock is, what will happen after the Doctor's 12th regeneration? Is that it? Is that the end? It has now been long established that a Time Lord can regenerate up to 12 times. After that, that's it. Now we are at the 11th Doctor with Matt Smith in the role. It means he has regenerated 10 times so far, and I'm discounting that half regeneration thing, whatever it was, um, sometime, was it two years ago with the 10th Doctor? We know that the Master had reached the end of his cycle of regenerations and had been forced to find other ways to continue existing. He was even offered a new cycle of regenerations for the 20th anniversary special in The Five Doctors. But what of the Doctor? I've always said that there's no need to worry. They're not going to end the series just because they hit a regeneration cap. It's science fiction slash fantasy. I have speculated that now that Gallifrey is gone, well, sort of, perhaps the limitation governing factor that was involved has also been removed. 
Well, it's been reported that the whole issue is addressed in a throwaway line in an upcoming episode of the Sarah Jane Adventures. This may come as a big disappointment for some that were hoping that they would do a story in the future that would address the issue. Indeed, it may have been a great missed opportunity, but it's not to say that they still can't do something in the future. A slight spoiler here, the episode for the Sarah Jane Adventures in question is uh, by no surprise titled Death of the Doctor, in which the character Clyde asks the Doctor how many times he can regenerate, and the Doctor simply replies, there is no limit. And that's it. <laughs> the rest of the story unfolds, and that's all the time that was given to that, to my understanding. Now, I don't really have an issue with it. We knew that somehow, at some point, it would be addressed, though, as I said earlier, it could be a missed opportunity for some sort of story centered around the whole Doctor overcoming this limitation, perhaps. Or, as I have said as well, that perhaps with the Time Lords no longer controlling things, that limitation is no longer in effect, perhaps. That is why he simply said there is no limit. Again, that's just my speculation. I still feel that there should be some sort of natural lifespan for a Time Lord, perhaps not having an actual number of regenerations as a limit, sort of like a speed limit without the police. Is there really a speed limit? But there are laws of nature that work on any given you know, speeding object that will limit how fast it might go. So in other words, an immortal hero is a boring hero. It, it, there needs to be some sort of risk factor. And if, yes, yeah, we know that Doctor can still die even if he's able to regenerate. That's been going on throughout the whole series. He's always been threatened by death, and it's not a given that he's always going to regenerate. He could be, he could face some sort of ailment that would be too powerful for him to regenerate. Of course, you know, if he's blown up or something like that, <laughs> there are many different ways to kill a Time Lord. That sounds like a next bestseller coming to um, a Gallifreyan bookstore near you. I'm sure this will probably be addressed more as time goes on in the series proper. You know, even though the Sarah Jane Adventures is a spin-off of the series, it's not Doctor Who proper, and there's still an audience that follows Doctor Who, but not its spin-off series. So as always with things like this, time will tell. Don't cross the streams. You may know that this is the second year that Doctor Who and the Sarah Jane Adventures have crossed the streams with the Doctor appearing in the Sarah Jane Adventures, last year it being David Tennant as the 10th Doctor, and now this year it's Matt Smith as the 11th Doctor. The Sarah Jane Adventures producer and writer Phil Ford told last broadcast, quote, we have to remember that this is the Sarah Jane Adventures and Doctor Who is another show. Crossing the boundary is fun every now and again, but I'm not sure we should do it all the time. That, according to Digital Spy, he goes on saying, quote, This is a great opportunity for Sarah Jane to meet the new Doctor, but I'd be wary of him coming back too much. Schedule-wise, for the two shows, it can be a logistic nightmare, too. He did go on to say that, quote, I'm sure he'll be back sometime, end quote. Which is a good thing, as I always said with the Daleks and Doctor Who that it shouldn't have to be a given that they have to come back every single year. We sh it just diminishes their return when they do return. So I would spread it out, you know, and the same thing with the Doctor in the Sarah Jane Adventures, if, if need be. The first part of Death of the Doctor will be transmitted on CBBC the 25th of October. Born in the USA. 
Well, perhaps not born, but at least shooting in the USA will take place in November for Doctor Who. Although not the first time Doctor Who is being shot in the U.S., despite what some news articles are saying. You may recall that certain elements of the 2008 story, Daleks in Manhattan and Evolution of the Daleks, were shot in the U.S. Granted, they did not involve any of the principal actors, but it was still shot in the U.S. for certain elements of those two stories. After some rumors have been circulating around the net, it's been officially announced that when Doctor Who returns after the Christmas special in 2011, it will open with a two-part story in the U.S. written by executive producer and lead writer Stephen Moffat. Key scenes will be shot in Utah set in the late 1960s, in which the Doctor, Amy, and Rory find themselves on a secret summons that takes them on an adventure from the desert in Utah to the Oval Office. That's in Washington, D.C. But I don't think they're going to be shooting in Washington, D.C., to my knowledge. That will probably be shot on a set, I would imagine. Although shooting of the new series starts this month in Cardiff, they plan to travel to the U.S. in mid-November to shoot pivotal scenes there with Matt Smith, Karen Gillan, Arthur DeVrell, and Alex Kingston, reprising her role as River Song. The new series is set to transmit on BBC starting in spring 2011 in two blocks and the second starting in autumn 2011. Tenet trending. David Tenet may no longer be the current doctor, but by no means is he out of the public eye now. In fact, he's been trending on Twitter more and more recently. If you listen to Doctor Who Podchuck or follow the postings on the Gallifreyan Embassy or follow me on Twitter, you probably knew about last week's Absolute Radio interview with David Tennant, in which he recalls Doctor Who Podchuck correspondent and co-host of the Happiness Patrol, Tara Wheeler. David was trending on Twitter then, and once again this past week, most likely due to the BBC television project Single Father. I haven't seen it yet, so I won't speak of it. If you have seen it, and you would like to give a short review of it for the Sonic News Driver, you can use the Sonic News Driver podcast app on your iPhone to give a call to the Sonic line. And if you don't have the app, you can call 206-339-6322 and give a review and just make sure it's down to one minute or two for a possible inclusion in the show. Once again, once again, the Sonic line to the Sonic News Driver is 206 206- 339-6322. David Tennant has also been making all the UK publications, and just about all of them are running the story about David Tennant not regretting leaving the role of the Doctor. He said, quote, It felt right to pass a baton on and for it to continue to thrive. I was at home in London on New Year's Day when I watched the last episode. I felt emotional, a weird mixture of emotions. But above all... I was proud to be going out with a bang. There's a downside, but in my experience, it grossly outweighed by the upside because I've loved doing it so much. It created many, many more opportunities than it closed down. My life and career are in a very different place to where they were before Doctor Who, and that's 90% positive. I loved every second. It's a thrill to be watching as a viewer again. I knew Matt Smith was going to be fantastic, and he is. He's a great choice, and he knocked it out of the park, end quote. But don't rule David Tennant out 
on being in Doctor Who again. In fact, it may not be long before you see him on a DVD release. Ed Stranding has been tweeting photos of David Tennant being shot for the upcoming Revisitations DVD set. That is rather the Revisitations 2 DVD set scheduled for release in 2011. It's unclear what exact titles will be included in this set, but expect some extra material featuring David Tennant. The Revisitations contain older Doctor Who stories that are being reissued on DVD. The photos posted featured David Tennant in a waistcoat in front of BBC Central. What is wrong with my voice? Speaking of DVD releases, the long-awaited release of Day of the Daleks from 1972 will, like with some other DVD releases of older episodes, will see new special effects and, from what is being said, new Dalek voices. Gossiping Gaiman. Okay, well, we are now back in that position of trying to report relevant Doctor Who-related news without getting into spoilers. As previously reported, writer Neil Gaiman is writing a story for the upcoming series of Doctor Who. I don't think it's a spoiler to let you know that it will be the third transmitted story in the next series. I'm assuming third in the first of the two blocks of 2011 in that series. I know it's confusing because it's broken up into two blocks, if you will, or two miniseries. <laughs> Let's see, how can we tiptoe around the rest of this now? <laughs> it is no surprise or even considered a spoiler that Doctor Who stories are often sometimes inspired by other stories, or sometimes even by its own stories from the past. Therefore, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that Gaiman has stated that he has drawn inspiration from a Patrick Troughton story. Now, do you want to know which? Would that be a spoiler? It could be for some. So I'll leave it that it is among the existing stories that are still available from the Troughton era. As you may or may not know, unfortunately, much of the Troughton era episodes are among the missing, being that most were lost by the BBC back way back when. This means war, BBC. <laughs> you can't do this to Doctor Who. This is no game. Um, yeah, um... <laughs> Gaiman revealed more, according to Digital Spy, surrounding a female character in the story named Idris, or Idris, which I will simply say may be a character of interest without getting into anything that may sound too spoilery. I heard it was your birthday. Although it was Katie Manning's birthday just a couple days ago, that is Joe Grant, a companion to the third Doctor, played by John Pertwee, and who you'll be seeing again in the Sarah Jane Adventures in the aforementioned episode, Death of the Doctor. It's safe to say that most people outside of us diehard Doctor Who fans may not have known that it was her birthday. What most people probably did know that last week it was John Lennon's birthday. The former Beatle would have been 70. I can't help but wonder what the last few decades may have been like if he had been around to see them. Matt Smith is quoted in saying that his favorite work of Lennon is Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds for the invention and parts of A Day in the Life because it's his fave Beatles song. Hello? Hello? Filed this under, but of course... Matt Smith has been quoted saying the following concerning the possibility of a feature film version of Doctor Who. Quote, I'd be thrilled if they ever did a film. 
I think there are infinite stories to tell because because we're not bound by time or logic or or any of those things, so I think it could work. But you know, there's something brilliant about the format of Doctor Who. How it's compact into 40 minutes and it happens every week. End quote. And I tend to agree. You may recall the rampaging rumors of Johnny Depp being considered for a film role, which had been rightfully dismissed a few months ago. Matt Smith had the following to say, quote, I don't want to talk myself out of a job, but Johnny Depp would have been a good doctor, no doubt. But would I do it if they had asked me? Hell yeah! End quote. I've always maintained that if there were to be a Doctor Who movie, it should maintain the current series timeline and feature the current actor for the title role. Though I would rather the time and money be spent on this series, the TV series. We have already seen two feature films made that went completely off track of what was already established in the TV series, despite the fact that they were based on stories already televised. We have a date. BBC Worldwide has confirmed that Doctor Who Evacuation Earth for the Nintendo DS and Doctor Who The Return to Earth for the Nintendo Wii will be available November 12th in the UK. Both titles feature Matt Smith and Karen Gillan playing the Doctor and Amy Pond, respectively. But why no PlayStation 3 or Xbox 360 versions, you might ask? Associate producer Glenn Perry told the official Nintendo magazine, quote, The Nintendo Wii! And, well, he didn't really say Wii! <laughs> quote, The Nintendo Wii and the DS are perfect due to the control options and the Wii remote is just crying out to be used as a sonic news driver. <laughs> no, as a sonic screwdriver, Lewis. <laughs> Nintendo also connects to a wider audience, and Doctor Who is loved by young children and adults alike, which make Nintendo platforms perfect for Doctor Who games, end quote. The BBC has also confirmed that their online games, Doctor Who The Adventure Games, will return for a second series in 2011. Who is watching you? BBC News reports that a car park kiosk in Brighton is being turned into a TARDIS-style police box to tackle antisocial behavior such as drug-taking and theft from cars. Community police officers will use the converter kiosk in the underground car park near St. James Street as a base to give a high-profile presence. Inspector David Derrick said, quote, The initiative is a great example of the local neighborhood policing team and council working together, reacting to community needs. We will be based right within the community, making the team even more accessible. It's not a police station, but local residents are welcome to pop by and get crime prevention advice and make appointments to see officers, end quote. Sure, and get a picture of yourself in front of a TARDIS. Imagine that, a police box actually policing for a change. New York Comic Con tops 95,000 in attendance. As reported in our last episode, I was at New York Comic Con this past weekend. Doctor Who Pachak was there to record a live show with IDW Publishing's writer Tony Lee of Doctor Who The Forgotten and the ongoing Doctor Who series of comic books by IDW. Also appearing there was Daphne Ashbrook, who played Grace Holloway in the 1996 Doctor Who movie, companion to the Eighth Doctor. 
She was brought there by the Doctor Who store when Paul McGann, the eighth Doctor, had to decline. Although it was difficult to tweet from the event thanks to the poor data reception at the Javits Center. Thank you, AT&T. For those that did manage to follow my tweets from there, you will know that the turnout was even greater than it was last year, and last year it was packed! As a result, Dr. Upanchak Live was standing room only. I learned after the fact that people were turned away from entering the room that we were recording in. Hopefully this will serve some indication to the powers that be at New York Comic Con that Doctor Who has an audience, and perhaps they will get more Doctor Who related guests for future dates. Many thanks to Tony Lee for being our guest there. Ken and I couldn't have been more pleased. Speaking of Daphne Ashbrook, we're gonna party like it's 1996. Daphne Ashbrook, who plays, as I said, Dr. Grace Holloway in the 1996 movie, will be joining Doctor Who Ponchok in celebrating 25 years of the Gallifreyan Embassy next month on Tuesday, the 16th of November in Mineola, New York, at a special anniversary event. Reserve your spot for it now before it sells out. Hey, and if you are a Ponchok supporting subscriber, you will receive a 20% discount off the cover charge. For details on the event, go to thegallifrandembassy.org or pachok.net or arttrap.com for more details. Well, that's going to wrap this up for this extra long Sonic edition of the Sonic News Driver. I do apologize for its length, but there was a lot to fit into this episode. Thanks for listening to the Sonic News Driver. Send feedback to feedback at sonicnewsdriver.com. This is Louis Trapani. You can follow me via Twitter at twitter.com slash Trapani. This podcast is supported in part by the Sonic News Driver podcast companion app, available for the iPhone and iPod Touch in the iTunes App Store for only $2.99. Visit ArtTrap.com for more on this and other podcasts. This has been a production of ArtTrap Productions. <laughs>